Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And I'm back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here in Cebu City, Philippines, wondering, am I stuck? That's right, people. That's a weird feeling. I can't say that I have had to embrace this before. Now, honestly, I think I'm going to get out of here. I had scheduled a flight on March 19th out of the Cebu City Airport only to learn later that not only were there lockdowns in Manila, there are now lockdowns in Cebu, but it appears as if Philippines Air, which is the first leg of the flight that I have out of here, it has already canceled all domestic flights, not yet canceled international flights. Now, there's a little bit of a twist here. If you're a foreigner and you arrive in Cebu, you will embrace a mandatory 14-day quarantine. This scares the shit out of me, not because I'm worried about a quarantine. I'm actually worried about the fact that there won't even be a plane here to help me get out on time. Now, should that plane arrive and should that plane take off with me on it, I'm going to go to Tokyo. Now in Tokyo, this is yet another place that the COVID-19 coronavirus has struck. It's a high-risk place. Not too worried about that part of it, but I'm worried that in the midst of my travel and as fast as everything is changing, that for some reason, they will stop allowing people altogether back in the U.S. I had to do a lot of research on this, and I was kind of curious about what would occur. There's really nothing to compare it to, so I can't, I don't have any precedent, I don't have any ability to have any kind of understanding historically what the precedent would be. Um, it appears as if as a U.S. citizen, I at least have that going for me. Now flying back in through Seattle, I don't know if you have taken any time or seen anything about what the lines look like to get back in. I have a seven hour layover before I take my flight back to Kansas city. And I'm going to be honest, I'm questioning whether that will even be enough time to immigrate back in the country. Now, Everything's been changing really quickly. Um, On the same day that you are listening to this, I will be in the process of attempting to travel back. I am definitely worried about quite a few things. I'm mainly worried about getting stuck in Tokyo, of all places. Uh, Why? I don't know anyone in Tokyo. I don't speak Japanese. Uh, I don't have any friendly or any type of support structure. If I got stuck in Cebu, I could live with that. I know hundreds of people here, largely through my employees, but I have a support structure. I have friends here, and it also, it feels familiar. I've been here. I've been around. I understand everything. People largely speak English and a whole lot of that. Now, in Tokyo, eh, I don't know anyone. So if you know anyone in Tokyo and you find out I'm stuck there, I might need your help. Now, if I manage to get on that plane out of Tokyo and on my way back to Seattle, which by the way, will make me feel good because unless they turn that plane back around for some reason, 
I do feel really confident that as a U.S. citizen, I will be allowed back in. That doesn't mean that I won't get stuck in Seattle. Now, at the time of recording this, it's Tuesday in the Philippines, and I'm really seeing things change quickly and rapidly. I think that it is fully inevitable that we're going to see domestic travel bans in the U.S. Uh, That means city to city. We are going to see a forced sense of do not leave where you're at. Now, these travel lockdowns, I could end up stuck in Seattle. Now, I think I could get through that. I know a couple people in Seattle, not that they would want to have me over, but I would be back in the States and I'd feel okay with that. I did have my wife, my business partner, and our COO say, well, couldn't you drive home from there if you couldn't fly? No, probably not. The idea that there would even be rental cars available or possibly even people to rent the cars to me is not a fair assumption right now. That would be a 28-hour drive to Kansas City. Now, I've spent a lot of time in the first couple parts of the series talking about supply chain interruptions. Look, people, that affects everything. I mean, it's not a safe assumption during times of extraordinary need to think that gas stations might even have fuel. Now, at this time, more than ever, you'd like to think that that would be the case and that they would really, they, meaning whoever fills up the gas tanks or manages our supply chain as a country, would know that fuel is a pretty important part of things. But keep in mind, the world's going on lockdown. This is going to be fucking interesting, people. Like, you need to prepare yourself for that. Um, We're going to have a lot of corona babies in nine months. Going to lock a lot of people up together and see what happens. I think you'll probably end up with a lot of divorces after this, too. And you're going to end up with a lot of bankruptcies. Um, I've been trying to keep this positive, but at the same time, keep it real. Today, I lost my first client. Uh, We have a fairly recession-proof product at full scale, meaning... We provide a value, uh, tech services. People usually cut that last, but we had a client that was more or less in kind of salvage mode of their own business. And we had already identified them as being a high risk of churn. And that's exactly what happened. So um, I've also had some people start to raise red flags saying, hey, you know, this could affect us and just asking questions and letting us know. On the flip side of that, we've had a couple of people ask us for more services because they do e-stuff. Let's just leave it at that, meaning like they do things that are highly, highly, highly useful right now, especially for people that are in quarantine. I'm sorry, I can't get too far into that. I'm not allowed to based on our contracts. But yeah, so, you know, back to my overall concern and worry. I mean, and on top of it, let's say I make it back regardless of all the hassle and the trouble, and I'm expecting a lot of hassle and trouble. I'm not expecting this to be, I'm expecting this to be an anxiety filled trip. Now, if I do get back and I get back on time, I'm now looking at a 14 day mandatory quarantine. Well, a self quarantine. And guess what people, I'm going to do it and I'm going to embrace all of it because we all need to This isn't about politics. This isn't about opinion. This is about the fact that if we aren't out giving each other disease, then it will not spread. If you want life to return to normal, go inside, lock the door, and come back out a while later. That's tough. It requires a level of preparedness that I talked about in the last episode. And it's, you know, not something that's going to be easy for a lot of us. And on many levels, it's not even going to be possible 
because there's an essential nature of some people talk about doctors, people that work at, at grocery stores, you know, the entire supply chain, people that deliver this stuff and have to keep this stuff going. Look, if you know someone that's in that spot, you need to just expect the fact that their life's going to suck for a while. And let's do what we can to, I don't know, just say thanks or support them or I don't know, do something. Um, there's a whole level of, of, of understanding that has to develop in and around this. So I'll give you an example. Uh, my kids are in preschool. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. I mentioned in the last episode talk or last part of the series, talking about telling my wife to pull him out of school because he's just something we needed to get started on. Um, what about doctor's kids? What about people that run the supply chain and do that stuff? Like that is a challenging situation and obviously putting each other's kids putting our kids around other kids is not exactly social distancing. So I don't know, it's, it's a time to reach out and it's a time to care. It's a time to look out for people. Now, you know, one of the things, so I, I mentioned that I've, I've been recording these from a hotel in the Philippines where I can see our office right across the street. I just came back from creating policy that is going to extend the work from home option for our employees. And it's not only going to extend it, I have to lock the office up for a couple of weeks. And I'll tell you why. People kept coming to work. Now, man, like, thank you for your dedication. And thank you for caring about what we do and what our clients do. But we have to begin to make some tough decisions here and keep ourselves away from each other. So I've made the decision and the announcement. Actually, I'm going to make the announcement shortly after I record this that we're going to lock the office and we're going to require remote work from home for two weeks. Now, why are we doing that? I mentioned in prior episode, not everybody has, you know, the Philippines doesn't have the same kind of infrastructure that we're used to in North America. So people uh, often ha they have slower internet speeds, but with that, we've made sure it's manageable. We did have to give a couple people access, let's uh, say access cards. They have these, uh, things that they plug into USB, it becomes a Wi-Fi antenna. So, and we had to do some of that because if we don't deliver some of the services to some of the people that we need, then our revenue is going to take a shit. And that requires a lot of tough questions. We also had an emergency managers meeting where yesterday, where we had to create a whole slew of contingency plans. Now I've got just under 200 employees. I don't know how many you have, but you need to sit down, whether it's in person or through a video conference or whatever, and you need to start talking about the tough things that might that you need to make decisions on. And you, ha if you haven't already been thinking about them, guess what? You need to. Um, with the world preparing for a complete travel lockdown and maybe just lockdown in general, you have to start planning about some of that. Now, I think one of the questions is how long? People have this magical number of two weeks in their head. Folks, it's probably going to be longer. Just accept that and prepare for that. And why do I say that? So the NBA is very outwardly and publicly saying that they believe at best, at best, they will return to play in June. I'm recording this on March 17th. That means that's three months from now. That's 90 days. That the way that things are changing in and around our world, man, that feels like an eternity. 
So what are you doing to prepare your business, your people, your clients? Now, look, I own a business that happens to be very well positioned for mobility and remote work. 100% of our employees already work remote when it comes to our clients, meaning they're not in our clients' offices. That's what we specialize in. Two years ago, we made a decision largely because we were afraid of typhoons, not viruses, to mobilize our entire workforce. 100% of our workforce has a high-powered, expensive laptop, and we sent them home. Said, take them home. This is why we got them. That was fe- that's feeling like a pretty genius decision right now, despite the fact that over the last two years, we often looked at that expense and that part of our business as an albatross hanging from around our neck. We're like, oh God, if we could just reduce our expense, our equipment cost. That said, that might be the one thing right now that's saving our business. So you have to look at your business a little differently. This might be a time to take a pivot or do something different. I saw someone on social media talking about this and this, I thought this was the cleverest pivot that I have seen in a long time. It's a snack company. They specialize in delivering snacks to workplaces. Now I'd love to tell you it's snacks on racks, our former guests, this was not, but I might let them know about the same idea. So they actually said, they sent out an email And they gave an opt-in. They said, look, we realize that your workplace is probably not open. There's a lot of places that could use a snack right now. Food shelters, send them to hospitals, do whatever. Click here if you want to send your next shipment to one of those places. Fuck yeah, people. That is a beautiful pivot. That is making the best out of the worst. I can only imagine, I mean, not only did they probably save their sales and their business, look at the good that that's doing. Like, yes, all those people need snacks. Send them to the hospital, send them to the food shelter, send them anywhere. Like what an awesome way to do something clever at the business, keep it alive. And shit, it's great, but probably good promo. Like the person that had had put this on there was commenting about how amazing and awesome that was. What can you do? You have to think out of the box. I hate that phrase, by the way. I'm not a big out of the box person, but people, we're out of the box. We've been out of the box for a week and a half now. Now, you know, today I I mentioned that I created policy that is going to lock our office down. Now, I I look, the pri- the primary reason that I did that was, well, A, social responsibility. B, I don't want our workplace to continue to come to work because they want a slightly higher speed of bandwidth. But honestly, I save a lot of money and reduced expenses immediately by shutting the office. I'll tell you why. So when you work at the full scale office, there's there's some benefits that you get from being there that we provide to make it a better place to work, a better environment. Now, look, I mentioned some employees were coming. It wasn't a lot, but it was some. I mean, I'm talking like five to 10 throughout the whole day, maybe a few more. But one of the things is we cater meals. I spend a lot of money on this throughout the month. That said, got to put that money back in our pocket. I was able to look at that and say, okay, that will reduce spending. 
Now, in the prior episodes, I talked about this. Look, you got to start looking at this stuff now. Figure out where and when you can do more with you can do more with less, or what is truly necessary. A lot of you have built your businesses around certain quote perks or stuff. You might need to talk to your staff and say, "Hey, look, our future is in jeopardy right now." Are you willing to take less or not get something or reduce some kind of cost in order to keep this thing alive? So with that, I save $15,000 a month, which I can then repurpose. I can take those expenses and I can use them for short-term cash flow relief. Other things, just like little stuff, uh, no, I'm not going to have to buy office supplies, a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, one of the things that in, amidst our emergency meeting that we looked at that was important was we actually give all of our employees a quote transportation allowance. This isn't much. It's about 20 US dollars a month here. That makes a big difference for our employees. We discussed if we were going to work from home. Oh, and by the way, let's talk before I get into that. I shut our office down till April 6th, but my announcement says be prepared for that to be longer. It's likely going to be longer, people. So you should do the same. Now, as things are changing, I don't know. Maybe two weeks is enough. I'll continue to update that, but I'm getting people positioned for that. Now, with people working from home, potentially up for a month, as we did our emergency managers meeting to look at our expenses, we questioned, well, do we really need a travel allowance? Is that something that our employees could live without? Well, yeah, it is possibly, but then I realized that not every, because not everybody has the kind of internet or bandwidth that they need or want to work effectively from home, that is not the expense we should remove. Instead, that became our internet allowance. I'm encouraging all of our employees to set themselves up in a way that they may not only be able to work now, but if this extends into a longer time frame, and by the way, it's a fair assumption to think that it might get prepared for that. So as you continue to look at different stuff now, pretty much everywhere is banning or has banned or is about to ban meetings or groups, group activities that have 10 or more people. A big part of Full Scale's local business development in the past has been what we call the sweet and greet. We have suites at some local venues where concerts, sports, or other stuff occur, and that is something I was able to put on hold. Now, I haven't officially put it on hold, but I have. I mean, meaning like there aren't going to be any events and a guaranteed for two more months. If those vendors that run those, those venues want to continue to keep my business, they're going to have to help me figure out how to not sink my ship for what is now a remarkably non-essential marketing asset. Okay, all your businesses probably spend money on marketing. This is not the greatest time to do a lot of what you might already be doing. I used to work for this guy named Buddy, and Buddy was not what I will classify as the most progressive person in life, but he said a lot of things that I always remembered. And he always, he's, he always used to say, and he was this old Southern guy say, you know, you know, Matt, you put, you put your sales up when the wind is blowing. You might need to put your marketing expenses back in your pocket. Okay. This is a great time 
to re-examine your entire marketing plan and approach, you have a workforce that is at home, might be a good time to start a blog, might be a good time to start a podcast, might be a good time to do a whole lot of stuff. Find ways to hit the ground running when the world opens its doors again. And yes, the world will open its doors again. Now, I should almost look, there's episodes back in the feed. Go read, go look at the digital marketing stuff. Go look at all that. This is also a great time to, to learn, learn stuff, like figure out how to do something new. Go back and listen to all couple 300 episodes of Startup Hustle. I'd love to hear which ones you like the best. You're going to be in a situation where you need to fill time. And filling time does not have to be a punishment. You're going to have a different kind of environment than what you're used to. Now, working from home, I've been doing it for years. I don't currently do it now, but I have a shitload of experience. It's a struggle. It's a struggle for some people. I've, I've learned how to do it, but when I first started doing it 20 years ago, eh, I was sometimes great at sometimes wasn't. Why? Because home offers the greatest amount of distractions. Some people that work from home are used to their kids going to school during the day. Uh-uh, not going to happen soon. They're canceling school. And if they didn't, well, if they didn't yet, they're going to. Telling you people, everything is going to be canceled for like a month. We're going to have to lock ourselves in our homes. It's going to happen. Prepare for it. That's not an opinion. That is a realist opinion. I have stripped all of my own world beliefs or the way I think we could or should handle the situation away. Look, it's trending that way. So one of the suggestions that you might want that I have for you is get together with your team, do a, do whatever or do it yourself. Make some, make a long list of things that you can get done that you might not have gotten done. I mentioned reducing marketing spend, write some blog articles, do some different stuff, create the, create your future plan for something. There is, you can do a lot more than sit around and freak out or read coronavirus news. I've been doing that for a week and a half. It is not uplifting. By the way, while the news does change quickly, it is largely just the same news over and over again. And about every three or four hours, you seem to get something new. Okay. So those are a few tips for doing that. And, you know, like, I mean, really, you can come out of this strong. Now, if you sit around, you just think this is like two weeks off, and then you're just going to go back to the office and resume normalcy, you're going to be in a shitty spot because you're likely to get more than two weeks off. Now, that said, I mentioned the NBA, so they probably weren't starting until June. While it's not fully publicized, you can probably expect the same thing from Major League Baseball. Now, why am I talking about NBA and Major League Baseball on a startup podcast, especially one where I'm talking about the Corona Diaries and stuck in Cebu City, Philippines? Look, these organizations, they know they have a lot of resource. They have a lot of connections. The the franchises themselves are owned by very powerful people that have an insight into things that is far broader and more precise than what you and I probably know. So they know something. 
They have a reality about what's going to occur because they don't want to just hurry up and open things up again and then have to shut them right back down. That is 90 days. So, you know, you mentioned like, how long will this take? What can you expect? I think 90 days is a pretty reasonable time frame, people. Like realistically, like you may begin to start to creak that door back open or have some other things occur. We are not going to immediately resume a sense of normalcy. It's just, it, it's, it's just not going to happen in two weeks. They're going to have a ton of people that are scared and they should be. And honestly, on a level of responsibility, the faster that we shut ourselves inside our fucking houses and lo- and come back out later, the faster that this can die down. I'm making a lot of my statements and judgments based on what I'm what I've seen from China. Um, they are opening Wuhan back up. That's right, Wuhan, the original name of the virus. They are bringing it back up. We're about two weeks into where they were on December 31st in that ballpark. So right now that's roughly the, uh, the, the 75th day. So like I said, three months, it's probably a reasonable time frame. Okay. Now there's a lot of businesses that have been affected by this. Yours, everyone, 100% of the world is now affected by COVID-19. You might be able to salvage some business. You might be able to do some different stuff. So let's talk about things that exist that can help you out. All right. There's some disaster relief stuff. I think that that is going to become even more prevalent. I honestly think my prediction is that the government is going to send everybody a check like they did and like George Bush Jr. did in what was that, 2008, 2009. I think they're going to have to. I think too many people live paycheck to paycheck in this world that aren't going to be able to pay their bills. I think if they don't do that, they're going to have a massive, massive, uh, hu- like just human, I don't even know what to say, like almost like human resources problem. Like people don't have money. They're going to have to step up welfare. They're going to have to step up a lot of stuff. So as business owners, they're going to have to prop up the economy as well. There are disaster. I mentioned prior in a prior part to this, that our COO was looking into certain disaster relief things. Um, Those uh, apparently need to be approved at the state level. I think it's fair to assume that every state will approve it. Um, they have a, one of them was wild. It was, they'll give you a potential 30 year loan at 4% interest. Okay. How much can I get? Like for real, like that could go up to possible $2 million. I don't think there's any scenario where the government can, can get away with doing anything other than opening those other than just giving everyone money like businesses that is going to be their next best option. They will stretch that out over a series of years um, a, a loan is going to also potentially prop up the banks. So you have to look at this. The government will loan the banks the money to loan you. The banks may actually benefit because guess what? Right now, banks are sitting there looking, bankers are sitting there looking at each other and going, man, how bad are we fucked right now? I'm sorry if you don't like the language, but that is probably not even firm enough for the conversations they're having. They are going to see massive defaults both in, I mean, everything, man, it's going to go all the way. Every business loan, everything you've ever imagined on some level is going to have 
a stupid level of defaults, cars, delivery vehicles, uh, commercial real estate, business loans, lines of credit. I mean, honestly, if you have open lines of credit, I mentioned before, you might want to max those things out, pay them back later. Like it don't assume that a line of credit that you have open is still going to be open later. In 2008, when that uh, housing crisis melted down, one of the biggest things I had a problem with in a business that I had just started was I had open lines of credit. And as banks' liquidities, as their liquidity really became questionable, they started chopping available credit lines down, 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 down because they couldn't have you know, I don't know the exact ratio and the math of it, but they couldn't have so much available credit out there because they literally, if everybody cashed it in at the same time, they would have been screwed. So, Hey, look, I'm not, I'm not telling you to, cause what you do is your decision, but it's something you might want to consider like cash is King and it'll uh, hold it up. Another thing you want to try to do is you got to look for clients or accounts or levels of exposure that are clearly red flags. Now, in my business at FullScale, we provide tech services to people. We actually charge our clients at the beginning of the month for the services that they are about to receive during that month. We take that money out of their account on the 10th. We do that on purpose because at that point, if that bounces, that's a red flag. It lets us limit our downside, and it also requires us to not have a shitload of receivables. If you sell products or anything like that, you really should be wary of large orders right now unless you sell toilet paper or other stuff. Just meaning like I, I have seen businesses that are in the, in the death rattle go and try to order anything and everything they can knowing that they aren't going to pay that invoice. So make sure to limit your own downside. You can't count on anything. You can't count on money coming on time. You can't count on anything. And I, you know, like I'm not, I'm just, Hey, look, it's my job. I'm to get here. I don't, well, you don't call this a job. I don't get paid for this. So um, it's my, it's my, in my experience, you just have to try to limit your downside now that said, we have to have a level of survivability at the end of this too. So, you know, it's just, you know, the, the topic of what's the right thing to do and how to do it. It's so broad. It's so broad. I don't know what your business does. I, all I know is what my business does. And I have a loose understanding of what our clients' businesses do. Now, if you have high value clients and things that you really need to rely on, you might have to work some stuff out, but it's going to be a challenge. Um, I wrote a letter today or an email today to uh, our partners and investors at full scale. And it was just an update. I was letting them know that I was hoping to get out of here on time. I was letting them know that I do continue to believe that what we sell is damn near recession proof. As long as there's tech, there's a need to provide services for the creation of tech. Now I happen to be in a fortunate situation because there's 350,000 unfilled tech jobs in the U S even a major retraction in that available space, like cut it in half is still a massive opportunity. Now I did also say that I think that our short-term prospects of bringing on new clients, is fairly limited. I did also mention that despite all this craziness over the last seven days, 
I have received multiple inquiries about our services. We've had one client increase their services because they work in an industry that they're, they're about to have a massive, massive, massive uptick in usership and they need to be prepared for it. So there's, there's economically, there's some hope in this for a lot of you. Now, some of you, it's going to be tough. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to be shitty. And some of you are probably going to go out of business. You can maybe prevent that. I hope you can. You really, if you feel that's the case, look at a pivot. There will be people looking to acquire other businesses. Any times like these, there are always a level, there's a level of acquisition and different stuff that occurs. Like, I, I don't know, try to find the bright side in it. Do what you need to do to protect your yourself and your family's assets as well. I think it's fair to know that much like in 2008 and 2009, you know, like so many people would have been out of luck with their homes. Hey, the government backed it up. They said, no, we're not kicking people out of their homes. Um, I think it's likely that you might see that with businesses. Like if the, if the small business is the freaking cornerstone of America, it is 97% of all businesses in the U.S. Okay. And by the way, there's something else. You're agile. You're small. You're agile. Even at 200 employees, we can, at full scale, we consider ourselves to be really agile. You know who's really in trouble right now? Look at the airlines and some of these companies and like the, just the massive obligations they have. And the airline industry has requested $50 billion in aid from the U.S. government. $50 billion. Think about that. And they're like, hey, we need this or we're going to fucking fail. Like pay us. Like we need it now. And guess what? We're probably going to have to. Because if all of a sudden people can't travel, whole another set of problems. Okay. Am I going to make it home? I'm predicting I am. I'm predicting that I'm going to have uh, interesting stories to tell about that whole situation. Now, normally we publish Startup Hustle Monday through Thursday. I'm going to try to continue to publish these Corona diaries if and when and at whatever interval that I feel that I can and that are useful. Um, you know, if I, if I, if I can manage to put them out, I'm going to continue. I, I may, we may publish them or I may publish them daily. Now, when I get back to Kansas city and I'm in the same time zone as Matt Watson, we've already talked about it. We've got a whole series of content that we are already working on that is based around helping you figure out how to get through this. Now, Matt Watson's original business, Venn Solutions, that he sold for 150 million bucks, they, in 2007, they thought they could go bankrupt. In 2008, the housing, the housing crash came, the meltdown occurred, and their business caught on fire like a rocket ship to the moon. Things went fast few years later, $150 million acquisition. Why did they grow so fast? I'll save that, all the details for that. Matt's talked about it before. You may want to look at episode 150. We talked about that with him and Neil Sharma. But 
his business provided value. It was well positioned for scalability and they did something that helped other people make money or save money. If you can do one or both of those things at your business or take a pivot into one of them, you might be in great shape. You might be a personal trainer. Guess what? Do something online. It's an easy way to teleconference. You can get a hold of people the way that you want, the way you need it. People are at home. They need something to do. Their normal routines are disrupted. Find a way to help them out or find a way to help your business out for what's going to occur down the road. Okay, so here we are finishing up part four of the Corona Diaries. I want to say once again, you know, this has been hard on me. I, <laughs> oh shit, I, I've, I've been, I, I have experienced any and every form of emotion. I have cried. Um, I have felt anxiety. Um, by the way, I cried because I was, at, it, it was tears of, uh, maybe just out of pride. I was so proud at how our team showed up last Friday amidst adversity, because we still didn't know we had too many unanswered questions and we didn't want to let our clients down. And I told everyone, I'm like, look, you can stay and work from home. They showed up anyway. They said, I want to help our clients. I want to help our company. I want to help the other people I work with. I was so proud. Like it, I was, it was tough. I had a difficult time addressing the employees. I went in my office and I kind of, I kind of quietly looked out the window and I had a couple of tears rolling down my eyes. And, you know, like it was, it was, it was not something that was very normal for me. Um, I felt stress. I felt fear. I felt exhaustion. Um, that has the, the exhaustion has been powerful. Um, I have worked a lot and I will say, um, you got to get some rest at some point. I forced the first day I recorded the part one of this, I, I was doing some of that to force myself away from the office and, uh, I got some rest and I felt a lot healthier and better. Um, I really realized after I got that rest and four straight days of where I probably worked, whew, man, 70, 80 hours in four days, no joke there, maybe, maybe even a few more than that. Um, but I was feeling very emotional, tired and exhausted at the end. And I had to recharge. You're not going to make your best decisions when you're in that spot. No one thing we're in this together as a business community. I'm committed to continuing to help be your voice behind this. I don't have all the answers. I, I don't know what's going to happen down the road. I just think that it's important to continue to talk about what some of the solutions are. I'm going to do my very best to help share solutions. Um, if you're friends with me on social media, I'm going to ask some questions and some things that I'm hoping to get some group speak on about what others are doing to help plan for, save, or deal with times in adversity. So anyway, see y'all next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Come on.